you can change the world. Learn from proven change makers from all walks of life. They'll show you how to raise money, invest for impact, and so much more. You can start small, start today, and never quit. You can change the world by strengthening your superpowers. Now, welcome to the Superpowers for Good show. I'm your host, Devin Thorpe. Welcome to the Superpowers for Good show. I'm your host, Devin Thorpe. And today we are excited to have with us Alfonso Mayo. He's the CEO and founder of Mentoring Mentors, a nonprofit organization that is helping young people in Maryland. And uh, it's really, truly inspiring work that he's doing. And you're not going to want to miss this episode. So stick around with us. Uh, Alfonso, you go by Mayo. Everyone calls you Mayo. Is that all right if I call you Mayo? Yes, sir. All right. Well, Mayo, thank you very much for being with us today. We're just thrilled to have you. Give us a quick overview of Mentoring Mentors. Well, first and foremost, thank you, Devin. And uh, to all the viewers out there, thank you guys for joining this show. Uh, beautiful intro. Uh, Mentor Mentors was founded in 2014 with one mission and one mission only. And that was to inspire young people to become the best version of themselves. Uh, initially, we used to serve just young men, high school athletes. Uh, but then in 2015, uh, something changed for us. We realized that mentorship is more powerful when young people lead in mentorship. We have programs like Big Brothers, Big Sisters, the Y Central Maryland, and that is all led by adults like you and I, Devin. Um, and we know that young people have the greatest influence over young people. And so our current mission today is to develop the next generation of community leaders. And a way we do that is do something we um, created called the intergenerational near-to-peer near to peer model. And we did that in 2018 with our first cohort of students. Essentially what that means is we now train young people to serve young people. And we have three focuses. Um, we have exposure because we know that exposure leads to greater opportunities. We have personal, social, and emotional development. That's the phase that our middle school students go through uh, to improve their self-esteem, their self-awareness, and their relationship building skills. And then we have leadership development. We do not believe that any young person don't have the ability to become leaders. However, we must train our leaders um, so that they become better leaders within the communities, workspace, schools, family, et cetera. And that's the part of our model where we pair our young people uh, back with incoming students where they learn leadership through empathy. We expose them to college, college and career readiness, and they also do internships. And so that's just a quick overview of our work. It's something that we're very passionate about. We do believe that this model is something that uh, could serve in youth development, not just locally, uh, but across this country. You know, it, that, that is just an amazing model. And I think, you know, the, the, the insight that you've uh, developed, that, that having youth mentor the younger youth is just so powerful, right? It, it's just a, a real game-changing uh, inside and and obviously you've learned that from experience now, but um, it, it, it isn't necessarily obvious. Like you point out, a lot of people are using adults to mentor youth, and uh, youth have so much more influence over youth. So great, mm -hmm. great, powerful stuff. But part of where this all comes from is your own experience. 
Mm -hmm. uh, you grew up in some challenging circumstances. I don't want to share your story, but I, I, you know, no pressure. You share what you'd like, but we'd love to get to know you a little bit better and how your own experience growing up uh, has influenced the work that you're doing now and motivating it. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. So uh, number one, I just want to just be completely transparent and vulnerable here. So growing up in Baltimore is no easy feat, especially when you grow up in poverty. Uh, my mother, um, she exited my life, not through death, but through her own addictions and troubles and trials. And my, my father as well at the tender age of six months. And so I grew up with my paternal grandparents and uh, 16 people. So one household, three, genera three generations uh, of just trauma. We didn't talk about academics or anything like that. And so uh, unfortunately for me, I grew up uh, not exposed. Uh, all I knew was the community and blocks in which I lived on. And so uh, academics was really challenging. I was actually diagnosed with a learning disability. I was reading on like a first grade level and my math levels was lower. Uh, but I had big dreams. I had big goals and I had no idea how I was going to achieve them. I just knew I didn't want to be um, like the community in which I came from. I didn't want to be like my family. I didn't want to be like my father. And um, as I was going through my educational journey, uh, I wasn't even trying. I wasn't even putting my best foot forward, you know, from elementary school and middle school. And then in high school, I realized this goal to become an NFL player wouldn't be realized unless I graduated from high school, attended a decent university, and was able to perform. Unfortunately, when I got to high school, um, I didn't have the grades, and they pretty much created a course called Ninth Grade Transition uh, for me to be in because I wasn't in high school. I you know, did like I did every other year. Habits are hard to break, so I went to the class, I played around, and uh, I didn't get transitioned into a traditional class. And then the next semester I came back, or next quarter I came back, and it was only one packet. And I was the only person in that classroom. And I knew right then and there I had a, a really tough decision. Either I was going to learn how to read and get myself out of this class, or I was going to drop out. But I believe like my dreams and my goals to get out of my situation was much more powerful than um, dropping out. And so I just you know, I wind up going on like these walks. I've always walked and talked with God. And I wind up entering into this center called the Ambrose Outreach Community Center. And I was offered a job to be a tutor. Now, mind you, I couldn't read. I was pretty much failing everything. And somebody offered me a job to be a tutor. And that's really where things and the doors start open up for me. Um, through my relationship of trying to teach first and second graders how to read, I learned how to read. I eventually got out of that class. And long story short, I wound up becoming um, in the top 10% of my class and the first person in my family to go off to college. And I knew, man, that there were so many barriers that I just couldn't see growing up. And so uh, I always knew that I wanted to give back. My passion is really in early childhood education, those formative years. But I was watching too many young people cycle in and out of prison, lose their life. And I, I really didn't know how I was going to give back. So I just did what felt natural, which was coach football. And um, my first year coaching football, I met some amazing young men who had the same dream and goals and aspirations I had, but they had no pipeline. They had no clue. And so I just started teaching them outside of what we was doing on the field, how that they could they could obtain this dream. And 
I was super proud to just know like they were actively listening, actively participating. They wanted the goals and dreams um, as bad as I wanted it for them. And uh, today, one of those young men, he's in the NFL. The other one, uh, he made it, but he didn't he didn't make the roster. And the last young man reminded me of a lot of young men uh, from Baltimore. He just didn't listen. He didn't have the structure, the family structure. Unfortunately, uh, he's incarcerated. And so as I was doing that work, I realized if I can do that with these young men, I could do it in my own community and make a deeper impact. Um, but everything that I do is really informed from my upbringing. I just didn't understand how what I was experiencing in high school, whether it was the low self-esteem, the depression, you know, and I, and I have a really bright smile, but I didn't understand how these things were still being overlooked and these young men were going through some of the same uh, social issues and emotional issues that I was dealing with. And I just wanted to be a part of that. I didn't really understand nonprofit work or, you know, any of those formalities, uh, but I just wanted to make a deeper impact. And, you know, I started working with for just a small cohort of young men just to really uh, teach them and guide them and inspire them because I always needed that. I've always had great coaches in my life. Um, even till this day, a lot of my, 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 my parenting style, my mentoring style, my leadership style come from these coaches, but they was always temporary. And then, and I knew it was always going to be temporary. And I think what we see too often, especially around, you know, mentoring organizations, it's always temporary. And I knew that in order to change a lifetime of, um, you know, violence and hurt and pain and trauma, you, you need something that's going to bind to you for a lifetime and make a deeper commitment. And that's really what our, our organization does. But that was because that's what I needed. You know, my mom wasn't in my life. You know, uh, most people don't know this. I turned 36 this year. The first time my mother had ever said happy birthday was when I turned 35. My dad was in my life. He was battling his own addiction. And uh, I knew that fatherhood was something that hurt me. And so essentially what I wanted to do, I wanted to create like a family-like atmosphere for young people where their father figure, which is me and the other mentors that serve, was always present, was always nurturing, was always there, not to just um, love on them uh, in a tough way, um, but not also in a gentle way, a stern way, a realistic way to help them be able to identify some of the issues and problems that they were going through, but walk beside them and say, hey, this is what I know would have worked for me, but help them strategize and think what will work best for them. And so we know that exposure is the key. I wasn't really exposed. I lived on a street called North Avenue and I drew when I was little. I was an artist and uh, literally five blocks from my house uh, was a university called Micah. It's an art institution. I had never known that. And so I think about stuff like that all the time. Uh, and I think about um, all of the friends that I've lost, um, all of the teammates that I played with who were far more talented than me. And I just know like, if we want to change that, it has to be deep rooted work. And so our work is really, really deep. It's not wide, but it's deep. And so essentially every day that I get up, I'm really not just motivated to do the work. I'm not just passionate to do the work, but I know that this is a God given calling to do the work because had, had I had someone like that, um, the possibilities would have been endless for me. And so now my calling is to teach young people, um, to be that for someone as they develop their skills. Um, it's, it's no better way to, to learn skills as one, you receive it and then you give it back. Um, I believe that sticks a little bit more. So that's pretty much why we do the work we do, Devin. Yeah, it's, it's, it's 
I am so grateful for the uh, recognizing the incredible story that is your own story. Um, we're going to take a quick break here. Uh, and uh, when we come back, you know, we're, we're here with uh, Alfonso Mayo. And, and Mayo is just an extraordinary human being, uh, an incredible story of uh, self-reliance and a noble example to so many. And now he's, he's working to help uh, the community there where he lives in the Baltimore area. And it's just really, truly inspiring. When we come back, we're going to talk to Mayo about his superpower. Stick around. You don't want to miss this. Want to learn from the world's great change makers? Find your superpower. Subscribe to the Superpowers for Good newsletter at superpowersforgood.com. Make your strengths into superpowers that will change the world. Join the super crowd today. Superpowers number four, good.com. Join us for Super Crowd 24 for two full days of wealth and impact creating content at this virtual conference on April 17th and 18th. We'll have 100 speakers and live pitch sessions. Learn how to invest like a pro and raise money from the crowd. Save 50% with the discount code SUPERCROWD at thesupercrowd.com. Join us at SuperCrowd Baltimore to connect with community-focused business leaders and investors working to support diverse founders, social entrepreneurs, and community builders. Learn how to raise money from the crowd and how to invest like a pro. March 21st at the B&O Rail Museum. Register today at thesupercrowd.com. Welcome back, everyone. We're here with Alfonso Mayo. He is the uh, CEO and founder of Mentoring Mentors, a nonprofit organization in Maryland. Uh, and we're just thrilled to have him. We're going to be talking to him now about his superpower. Uh, Mayo, you, you really do have something special. Uh, I think about the, the challenges you faced as a young person and where you've gotten. Uh, and, and I recognize that there were some people who helped you along the way, your grandparents and others that, that played a role. Um, but you, you have to admit that you overcame tremendous odds. That many of your peers did not end up in the situation that you are now in and um, had similar help. You, you truly are exceptional. What is your superpower? <laughs> well, I think... I was able to identify my superpower. Um, it was 2000 and 2005 when I identified my superpower. And so because I've always been an athlete, I've always been like very outspoken, uh, but I was a quiet leader. I just let my talk um, or at least my play speak for itself. And it was one particular game in Baltimore. We was playing powerhouse schools. Uh, Dumball poets and uh, man, when I tell you, uh, they've been winning championships since I can remember. And um, my school wasn't the best. I, I intentionally went to Northwestern to improve the culture of athleticism because that's what I was taught um, from my coach. And man, they was beating on us so bad. And uh, I had never spoke. I wasn't considered a team captain or anything. And then at halftime, you know, our coach he came down and he pretty much just doing the towel and just talked about how bad we were performing and how we didn't deserve it. And, um, you know, parents were concerned about their athletes' um, health and, and because we were we were getting hit pretty brutal. 
And I just took my helmet off and I just spoke up and I, and I'll never forget. I said something along the lines of, you know, cause somebody called my grandmother and um, they didn't know what I was talking about. And I told them that because, you know, I would much rather die um, showing them that I'm going to do everything in my power for them to not score again, but I refuse to quit. And that any person out here that wanted to be a part of that, you know, stand with me. And, uh, you know, I was crying and things like that. But I think the fact that I said something like that uh, had inspired my teammates. Um, Dunbar didn't score another point. Uh, we, we lost the game. But it was at that moment that I realized that my voice um, had, had power. I had always knew that my voice had power, but growing up in a toxic environment in the communities, I had always used my voice to tear down people or defend myself from people who was trying to tear me down. But that was the moment that I realized that I could speak life into people and get them to believe things that they just probably didn't think. But I think also because I'm a living example of believing in yourself and never getting comfortable and fighting for what you believe and being willing to die. Like, I, I think people hear that. But in order to understand, it's like you have to see it to believe it. And, I, and, and so when I walk into every classroom, the first thing I tell them is you're a leader. You just don't know it yet. You just haven't discovered discovered it yet. And I'm here to help you do that. Um, you know, I I know that before my time is 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 done on this earth, I'll be uh, mentioned with the Eric Thomases of the world, you know, um, the Les Browns of the world, the Martin Luther Kings of the world, um, because I'm here to really speak life and really utilize my story as a an example of what young people and um, just people in general could become and do if they if they really believe. I'm a firm believer. I think that's what keep me grounded. You know, I've, like you said, I've taken a lot of losses, you know, in my life. I've lost my home. I've lost my cars. I've lost my grandparents. I've lost a lot, but I'm, I'm, I'm just such a believer. So I would say speaking and speaking with authority and power is really my superpower. Well, th those are incredible superpowers and they make you such a powerful leader. Um, and and you shared such a powerful example of that when you spoke up at the at the football game, and changed the narrative. Right, the, here the coach was throwing in the towel, and you said, "No, not not how we're going to play today. We're going to play like winners," and and you changed the course of events. It's an amazing example. Now you spend so much time in your work sharing, coaching, guiding young people i know the the model is for young people to guide the younger people great model mm -hmm. but i know embedded in all of this you're doing some of the coaching training and mentoring of the people that you work with how would you coach them let's I, I, how would you coach us to use our voices more effectively so that we don't sort of leave our our voices unspoken, unheard, and, and fail to reach our potential and, and do the work that we all want to do. I mean, the, the audience is full of people who want to change the world, make it better. Yeah. How do we how do we become more like you and, and better better speakers, coaches, guides? And listen, become better than me. Um, that's what I share with the kids. 
I would, my work would be in vain if they didn't become better than me. But what I would share with the audience and the viewers is that, you know, number one, when you hear something that's in your head that you want to do, you write it down. The word says, write the plan and make it plain. Just write it down. And you don't have to know it all in order to achieve it all. Where I got today is really, I just failed my way here. Uh, and I and I was fearless in my ability to fail because you absolutely learn more from failing. I think sometimes we psych ourselves out of our promise, which is why the book is called The Promise. Uh, because again, if you hear it or you see an issue and you want to address an issue, be okay with knowing that most people won't believe in you as long as you believe in yourself. I always tell my kids, if your dream is on the other side of the world, like I'm in Maryland, but if my dream is in California and I didn't have a plane ticket, I didn't have a train ticket, I didn't have a boat uh, pad, I didn't have it and I had to walk, I'm just going to take one step at a time. You don't have to try to figure it all out today, but you have to really give yourself benchmarks and then understand that if I'm just a little bit better tomorrow, I call it the 1% rule. If I can get 1% better today, just today, imagine December 7th of next year if I just got 1% better every single day. That's 365% better. But where we really psych ourselves out is thinking that I got to be 100% today. I got to have it all figured out today. And then when you compare yourself to those who are doing something similar is actually um, you're setting yourself up for failure because you don't know what they're going through behind closed doors. And so what I try to do is I try to eliminate the distractions and the noise, you know, and I celebrate those who are doing something similar to me. I champion them, you know, and then even more importantly, I try to connect with them because every good coach has a coach. Every good mentor has a mentor. Every great pastor has a pastor. Every great therapist has a therapist. Every great doctor, go see a doctor. So who are we not to do the same? Um, it's really hard to lead what you need. You don't have to have all the an answers. And also, I'm just very intentional about what I know God has put inside of me. I'm not trying to be anyone else or do what other people uh, are doing. I'm just trying to do what God has called me to do. This intergenerational near-to-peer model is what God called me to do. This speaking and sharing my life is what God has called me to do. Now, I do it totally different than like a, a E.T. or a Les Brown. And I love those guys. I listen to these guys every single day. And that's another thing that hinder our growth as leaders is we want something that other people have worked for for 20, 30 years, and they do it every single day. No, if you're not willing to do what they have done, then you can't ask or require what they have gotten. And I'm just willing to work. And, um, you know, we have like something we call the three C's in our organization. So we have community, we have commitment, and we have consistency. And so I just try to apply those every single day to whatever I'm trying to do so that I can be a better in a better position than I was yesterday. And that's my 1%. That's brilliant, brilliant advice. I'm so grateful for you sharing that. Uh, you know, you're such an accomplished coach. I just feel so motivated uh, listening to you. Uh, you really do have a great superpower uh, in you know your ability to speak and communicate. Uh, before we wrap up, let's take a minute and uh, have you share with folks how they can learn more about your work, how they can support you, how mm -hmm. they can donate or volunteer. Uh, 
tell people how uh, they can engage with you on social media or otherwise, uh, but but just share people how they can connect and support. So I believe that you know every young person is a leader, and we're just here to help them discover and tap into their passion and their promise, and um, that needs supporting. And if uh, I, we want you to stand behind us, and so first you can visit us at www.mentoring-mentors.org. Please check out our website and uh, consider sponsoring and donating uh, and be a monthly donator, like really back this work because it's needed across this country. Uh, and then secondly, um, if you want to connect with me uh, personally, please feel free, www.alfonzomayo.me. That's where you'll learn more about The Promise, the book that my, myself uh, proclaimed book about my story, my life, and my journey. Uh, and you can find me on all social media platforms just by simply typing in my name. Uh, I'm on Instagram at mayo underscore mayo uh, 20, which is my favorite number. Uh, and so please feel free to follow me. And if you are you feel impacted today and you feel like you want to make an impact and you feel like, hey, I want to get behind this guy, email me directly at Alfonso Mayo, A-L-P-H-O-N-S-O-M-A-Y-L at mentoring-mentors.org. Let's be strategic about this and uh, understand that uh, every young person deserves the opportunity to be a leader. And that's what our goal is. Oh, fantastic. Well, Alfonso, we're thrilled to have had you on the show today. Thank you so much. We're excited to see you at Supercrowd Baltimore where where you will be on the program. Thank you so much for supporting us in that way. Uh, We look forward to featuring you there too. Uh, As we wrap up now, I just want to say I'm truly, truly grateful for the work that you're doing. I'm inspired by it. I want to see you succeed. We wish you every success. Thank you so much for this. uh... All righty. Let's do some good. 